0: You will recall that in the last episode... Jimmy Allen and Speed Robertson... ...awakened by a strange noise coming from the hangar... ...crept out to the building and discovered someone among the planes. Seizing the prowler... ...they learned to their astonishment it was Flash Lewis. But it develops that Flash too had been awakened by the same noises... ...and had gone to the hangar to investigate. In talking over the events... ...they are all convinced someone had been in the hangar before Flash arrived. About to return to their quarters... Speed sees a light in the mechanic's hut, and accompanied by Flash, he finds Mike Mancuso fully dressed. The mechanic claimed he had just returned from a nearby village. But another mechanic in the building tells Flash that Mancuso had retired that evening with the other men. It is now early the following morning. Jimmy and Speed are on the field, waiting for the director, Donald Stewart, to appear.
1: You know, that's certainly a funny thing, Speed. You say Mancuso was fully dressed, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he had on his regular clothes and a suit of coveralls over them. Just like he's dressed out here on the field now. And he claimed that he'd been into the village and just got back. That's right. Then the mechanic who sleeps next to him said Mancuso went to bed when the rest of them turned in. And what time was that? According to the other mechanics, it was around 11.30. Well, couldn't Mancuso have dressed and gone into town after the other boys went to sleep? Not very well, Jim. He has no car and he couldn't have walked into the village and returned by about 2 o'clock. That's the time we found him. By charge, that's right. That's nearly 18 miles into town. Hmm. Speed, who is this mechanic Mike Mancuso anyway? I've asked Flash to check up on him a little. He showed up here the other day and asked for a job. Flash says he knows his business. He's a good airplane mech and a hard worker. Where has he worked before? Well, Jim, I don't think Flash has taken the trouble to get much dope on any of these mechs. The job here is so temporary and we had to get started in such a hurry that there was no time and not much reason for investigating any of the men. Do you suppose Mancuso was out in the hangar last night? Well, it sure looks darn funny. But, of course, we have no direct proof against him. Has Flash discovered anything wrong with the ships? Well, I can answer that question in just about half a minute. Here comes Flash now. I told him to check over all the equipment and report to me as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. Hello there, Flash. How
2: are you feeling this morning, fella? Good morning, Jim. I'm feeling swell. I could lick my weight in Wildcats this morning.
1: Ah, that's great. You look as though everything was okay. Yeah, what's the dope, Flash? Are all the ships ready to fly?
2: I checked over everything, Speed. We can get eight ships on the line right away.
1: Did you find anything that might indicate someone had been tampering with the equipment last night? No.
2: Whoever he was didn't do nothing. All I could find was in tools we saw last night, and a cowling had been jerked off one of the Thunderbolts. Whoever was out there was just getting started when he heard you and Jimmy. Well, I'm glad to hear we can get some equipment
1: in the air. Now, look, Flash, we're way behind schedule. We're going to have to do a lot of flying in the next few days. Your boys may have to work day and night to keep the ships running, but it's going to have to be done.
2: We'll keep the ships running speed so long as no one don't sneak in a hangar at night and undo what we fix in the daytime. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll talk to you about that later. Now, what can you put on the line for us to fly today? Well, you can have three P-38s, 351s and two Thunderbolts.
1: Is one of the 38s mine flash?
2: Yeah, your ship's all ready to go, Jim. You know, the engine and two of
1: them have got blowing valves. With a compression ratio raised, especially for this picture, the fellas have to be careful not to warp valves. I've warned the pilots about that.
2: Well, you better tell them again, Speed. Yesterday I seen one of the fellas slip a thirty-eight in from 4,000 feet, and he wasn't fooling either. He was really slipping it in. By the time he taxied up to the line, that engine had a cough in her like a polar bear with a crew. Yeah? Well, who was the pilot? Well, I ain't mentioning no names. After all, you're in charge of the flying, not me. Now, don't be silly.
1: Now, don't get any crazy ideas about a false sense of honor. This is a matter of business and keeping these ships in the air. If the pilots continue to mishandle the engines, it just means more work for your men and causes us delays.
2: Well, I ain't going to mention no names, but I understand that the pilot was some guy who's doing his first movie and hopes to win a big race pretty soon.
1: (laughs) Gosh, I wonder who you mean, Flash. Why, we don't have anyone like that around here.
2: Well, that's what I heard.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Were you flying a thirty-eight yesterday by any chance, Mr. Allen? Well, come to think of it, Captain Robertson, I do recall spending a little time in a lightning yesterday. Now, now listen here, you young scamp. If I catch you side-slipping a P-38 from 4,000 feet again, I'll, I'll put sand in your breakfast food. Okay, Speed. I really didn't mean to. I, I just forgot, that's all. Well, the next pilot that does it is fined five days' pay. And I'm gonna put that up on the bulletin board, too.
2: Hey, here comes your old pal Stewart, the director, Speed.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, thank heavens we can do some flying
2: today. Flash, will you go and call the
1: pilots together while Jimmy and I find out from Stewart what the schedule is for today? Tell the boys to come over here and then start getting your ships out on the line. All
2: right. I'll have them over here in a few minutes.
1: Well, good morning, Mr. Stewart. Morning, boys. Morning. Ready to go, and you? Just fine, ready to go to work. What's the job today? Well, looks like we'll have a fine day for flying, Robertson. I'd like to run three sequences. Two of them require mass flying, the third's a crash scene. A crash, huh? What do you mean, a crash on the ground? That's right. A very thrilling scene. We want it true to life. Well, a formation shot shouldn't be hard to do, but this crash scene's going to take a little planning and some work. We better do it first. You mean a ship is actually going to be crashed? Right. There'll be no faking or trick photography in this scene. The airplane comes in, smashes right into a hunt, and splinters fly everywhere. Should be quite a shock. Boy, it sure sounds like it. Well, give us a dope, Mr. Stewart, and I'll figure out who's to do the crash and how it'll be done. Okay, now here's the story. A pal of the hero, another young American lieutenant, is attacked by a flight of MEs while returning from a mission. He puts up a brilliant fight, but the Messerschmitts are too much for him. Well, that certainly be true to life. There's no doubt about it. Trying to get away, the young officer hits the deck with the Germans right on top of him but he's so preoccupied with watching the enemy that he doesn't see a small, thatched peasant hut directly in his path and crashes into it. Boy. Now, does that uh, end the scene? Oh, no. Here's the dramatic climax. The airplane is carrying bombs, and as the ship crashes, the force of the impact explodes the bombs and the whole blamed mess goes up in the air. Hut, airplane, and men. Of course, you know, all we want you to do is to crash. We'll take a shot on the ground later of the explosion. Yes, Well, I I presume that thatched hut that the carpenters have been building at the far corner of the field is the building we're to use in a scene. That's correct. I'll have three cameramen ready to catch it. Well, it's going to be a tough job, but we'll do it. That's fine. The crash should be done at 12 o'clock. The cameras will be ready to start grinding then. Okay, Mr. Stewart, we'll be ready. I'll have the cameras ready and tell your pilot to do that job right. See you later. Okay. Gee, Spine, what do you think about this crash business? It's a ticklish proposition, Jim, but it has to be done. It's possible to bring the thirty-eight in and make a very realistic crash without hurting the pilot. But if the pilot doesn't know he's stuffed, he can get pretty badly bunged up. Yeah. What pilot are you going to have do the crash? I don't know yet, Jim. Now, here comes a gang now. I'll have a talk with them. Well, now, look here. I'll do it, Speed. I'll bet I can crash that baby and not get a scratch. Well, wait a minute, Jim. We'll see. Morning, boys. Morning, Speed. Morning, Speed. Come around here, will you? We have an important mission this morning, and I want to discuss it with you. Now, look, fellas. As you all know, there's some crash scenes in this picture. And we're going to have to do one the first thing this morning. A thirty-eight is to be crashed into that hut, you see, on the edge of the field. The ship will have both pilot and observer. Now, we have a special job for this. It's an all-worn-out crate, and everything has been removed from the cockpit. Everything, that is, except what is absolutely necessary for flying. The cockpit is reinforced in accordance with the latest aviation engineering science and is heavily padded to absorb the shock. Both pilot and observer will wear special cry suits designed for this kind of work. Now, in spite of all these precautions, however, it's a ticklish job. I'll make that a bit stronger. It's a dangerous job. Unless that ship is brought in properly, there's a chance of both pilot and observer coming out with some broken bones. Now, I'm not going to ask any one pilot or observer to do this job. I'll call for volunteers, just as we used to do during the war when we had a particularly rough trip. I prefer to have a pilot who has had some experience in this work if possible. All right, I'll call for volunteers. All pilots willing to take this job, raise your right hand. Hmm. Not many of you anxious to take it on, I see. Two men, huh? Jimmy Allen and Nails Baloo.
3: I can do the job, Robertson. Give you any kind of crash you want. I've done those crashes before. I'll take the job on one condition.
1: Well, I think you can handle it all right, Baloo, but what's the condition? But
3: I have the privilege of selecting my own observer. I want a man to ride with me that I can depend upon.
1: Uh, You want to select your own passenger, huh? Well, boys, as a matter of fact, if the crash is done properly, there's much less danger to the passenger than to the pilot. Due to the fact that he has no controls to worry about, he can be more heavily padded. Then, of course, he'll be surrounded by padding.
3: Well, what do you say, Robertson?
1: Okay, Baloo, that's fair enough. Pick your man and be ready to shoot the scene at noon.
3: Okay, I'll give you a real crash.
1: Well, who's your man?
3: I'll pick Harry Phelps. You want Harry Phelps, huh?
1: Did I understand you correctly, Baloo? You
2: want me to go along with you when you crash the ship?
3: That's right, Harry. You're the best man I can think of. I can depend upon you not to do anything foolish.
2: Well, I... Look here now, Baloo. This isn't fair. I I won't have it. I won't fly with you. I'll do anything in the world, but
1: I won't fly with you. You can... You can get someone else.
3: Oh, you won't fly with me, huh? What's the matter?
1: Yella? No, sir. That's not it. I, I'm not yellow. I'm not afraid to fly, but this is different. It's, it's just that I, I I just can't explain it. Now, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a job to be done, and I don't want to question the personalities that enter into it at all. It's too dangerous a mission to have any question about. I'll do it myself. Let me go with you, Speed. I'll ride with you. Wait a
3: minute, Robertson. You asked for volunteers, and I didn't hesitate.
1: Nothing doing, Baloo. I'll handle it myself. Well, Speed, that's different. I'll ride with you. I'll show these boys I'm not afraid to fly. But I just wouldn't... All right, Harry. Fair enough. You and I'll do the crash.
3: Listen here, Phelps.
1: Before I get through, you wish you'd gone up with
3: me.
0: Speed Robertson prepares for one of the most dangerous of flying jobs. Deliberately crashing an airplane for the movie cameras. Can he escape unscratched? And why was Nails Baloo so anxious to crash the airplane with Harry Phelps in it? Tune in the next episode for some gripping developments in the air adventures of Jimmy
2: Allen.